What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Throughline Podcast. It's May. It's May, and I love it. Uh, Jay Larson here with you guys, as always. JayLarsonComedy.com. Jay Larson Comedy across most social media. Um, you know, we give all these things, but people, don't you just Google? I just Google everything. You don't even need to tell me. When people go, uh, do you want direction somewhere? I'm like, no. I have a computer in my pocket right now. When people ask me directions, I'm like, dude, I don't know where you think we are, but I'm not giving you directions. Either way, uh, Jay Larson Comedy, uh, I love you all for listening and subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, go on iTunes, rate, review it, subscribe. I hope you're liking Thursdays. I like it. I still like am like... When it's Mondays, I'm like, oh my, is everything done for the podcast? Is everything? And then I'm like, oh, it's Thursday. I can't have more time. I think if you have things in your life that you're used to doing at a certain time, mix up when that time is because it'll just change your whole life, at least for like a couple weeks. You know, not like, not like so much like daylight savings, but it's been a real comfort for me to know that it's not on Tuesdays anymore. It's on Thursdays. I like Thursday. Such a great day. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You ready for the weekend? I don't get ready yet. You know, it's still a week, but listen, it's still chill. Everyone gets casual Fridays at work. To me, Thursdays are like the casual Friday because there's like, there's no pressure to be casual. They're like, dude, you can just be cash. Friday, everyone gets a little too intense with the Friday casual. Um, I'm excited about what's to come. Excited about the summer. I do want to say to a lot of you guys out there, uh, some of you are interactive on social media with me, and I appreciate it. And I get a lot of, you know what I've been getting a lot of lately? Looking good, kid. Looking good, Lawson. I don't know what you know about the keto diet, my friends. But it's not just like, you just eat whatever, you just eat a bunch of fat, and that's what you do. Shut up. Every diet, no matter what it is, is tough because you're challenging yourself to be like, no, you can't have that, you can't have this. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm down 25 pounds, you guys. I got a ways to go. I'm looking for high school weight. You ever had that goal? You're like, I want to look like I did in high school, and I'm going to hit the fun in the youth, and I'm going to be able to dunk. That's not what I'm saying, but I do want to look like that. God, if anyone out there has lost any weight, like of a substantial number, you just feel completely different. I have a whole new wardrobe. I had this box of clothes in my garage dated for 2016. Did you hear what I said? It was dated for 2000. I was going to take it out in May of 2016. That's when I was supposed to be able to fit into those clothes. And we did a cleanse. We've been doing that uh, That woman who has a show on Netflix about getting rid of the things in your life to find happiness. Oh, did I do it. I cleansed the living room, the dining room. My wife knocked out the laundry room closet. I did the laundry room. I did our, the kids' room, my closet, her closet. We had a yard sale. We sold a ton of stuff. Then we donated a ton of stuff. And I'm not going to say it like that again, but we threw out a ton of stuff. Because sometimes it's like, just get rid of it. You're never going to use it. I know what we spent on it. What, what can you do? I want space. Um, so I'm trying to buy less and use more of what I have. But I feel good. If anyone is out there and you are... Um, you know, thinking about losing weight or you're, you want to lose weight, I would say two things. Just start and just think about the next day and to try keto. But the first thing I'll tell everyone before I started doing a keto diet, the first thing I Googled was how to get off a keto diet because I didn't want to crash and burn. It's been two months I'm on it. I'm doing another two months and now it's like super easy now. Now I'm not like craving any of the things. I look at a piece of pizza and I'm like, well, I could just rip all that cheese off and pound that if I want. So anyway, I just want to let you guys know, sometimes we just need to hear what that other people are going through some stuff. I went out for coffee with a buddy of mine the other day who is, uh, he's, he's a, he's a chef and a caterer and he, he does tons of stuff. He's one of the most entrepreneurial dudes I know. He was on the stock market for a long time. Anyway, super interesting guy. And he and I both struggle with these ideas of wanting to do other things in our life outside of what we currently do. And we went for coffee and it was just like, you forget that, you know, sometimes just hearing someone else tell you what they're doing is helpful. So that's why I'm sharing, guys. Uh, not to brag about losing weight and looking fine as fuck, but to say, you know, if you're thinking about it, just know that, like, 
you know, it's not easy and people are working at it and we all struggle with something and you know, for some of us wait, but if you get going, you can do it. You can do whatever you really want to do. I'm not going to do this today. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm excited about this week's guest though. Uh, I've known him for a long time. He's a man of many hats, improv, um, sketch, stand up. He, you might know him if you've ever been to or watched roast battle on comedy central, or seen it at the comedy store, or if you've seen kill Tony or listened to that on the road. Um, or the goddamn comedy jam. Like, Jeremiah Watkins is involved in all those. He's also a very funny stand-up who I appreciate immensely for his commitment to physicality on stage. And he's also in a comical musical duo called Reagan and Watkins. And uh, he's got a new album out. It comes out in one week, I believe. I think it comes out on the 7th. I'm not exactly sure. He'll tell us in the in the interview. But um, we're going to play a couple tracks throughout this episode. And it's just, uh, it was nice to sit down with him. I love him to death. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And go out and pick out his album, um, Reagan and Watkins, and give him a follow on social media because he's a, he's a great, funny dude. Uh, so enjoy this week's up with Jeremiah Watkins. You are officially the first ever podcast in the uh, new Playhouse. Dude. I love it out here. This is awesome. I figure you're very uh, youthful. Yeah. You know, in everything you do. This is, I mean, this is all stuff that I still love. There's a skateboard deck that's on the wall. That's a, that's to grab onto when you're like, you know, climbing up the ladder. That's oh, an extra brace. Oh, that's so you know, cool. Who designed that? Kevin Christie. Really? Yeah. Oh, there's some of his artwork. Yeah. Oh, this is great. And then, uh, who are you, uh, you popping a LaCroix right now? A little LaCroix pop. I like that. Right there. See the, what's in the, right there? Little peepholes. Yeah, a little, f- for a little, little tiny three year old to like check and see if anyone's like. Make sure there's no girls outside with cooties, man. You know what I mean? Get those Can't, cooties what are you out talking of here, about, babe? man. <laughs> this is so cool. And you freaking built this. Yeah, this is a new build. This was a quick, me and my two buddies knocked this thing out in six hours. Boom. I was like, my buddy who's like super precise, he's like, well, shouldn't we be, uh, you know, measuring? I'm like, no. I go, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm like, just get it cut. And he's like, yeah, but what about, I'm like, it doesn't matter. It took him four hours to finally like grasp that I was like, it is all going to work out. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fine. They're going to be little tiny 30 pound human beings that run through this. It's not, we're not moving into this thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you get your little service station where you want to get a sub sandwich, a little submarine sandwich. A little right lemonade stand, a little something. Dude, I'll get you a lemonade right now. Okay. I cool. mean, I can't. I got yeah. you LaCroix, but. Dude, this is, this is what, what I like about this is this is one of the first podcasts that I've done outside. And you can, what's nice about. You know, to paint the picture for the listeners, there's a nice breeze that's coming through right now, and it's kind of an overcast day out in LA, and it's really nice out. Dude, it's beautiful. I recorded Duncan Trussell in his backyard, and we just sat there and I was like, This is who you are. Why would we not be outside? You know what I mean? So, like, to be in here, I love it. We're in here, we're hanging. Jeremiah Watkins, I mean, what else do you want? I don't know, man. This feels Did good. you ever have like a, a playhouse or a treehouse or anything like that when you were a kid? Yeah, I had... Uh, I had what was home? Uh, what, what was my backyard like? No, like what t- what state, what town? Kansas. That's right. Yeah, yeah you had yeah. that Iowa, Kansas kind of like... I have like, family in Iowa, so there you go. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> look at this guy. We're finally getting down <laughs> to it. Getting to it, But man. you don't think I have senses? Uh, yeah, come on, man. You could have been in the new Avengers movie. No? Maybe, maybe the next one. <laughs> The prequel, <laughs> where I imagined it all. Yeah, uh, you're a young Stanley. You do. Well, what, I can't play Stanley. I mean, with that mustache right now, you can. People worship that guy. Yeah, I mean, he created a, a lot of characters that people are in love with. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the new one? Yeah, I did. Did you? No. I'm well, like, you, why did you give me that attitude? Why'd I don't you know it? because it's like people <laughs> no, ask me all the time about? if I see movies, and I'm like, no, I don't know when I would go, but I guess I could make time during the days because it's I have more plenty of, a of time. Make but. time thing. I went with uh, our pal Josh Adam Myers yesterday, so and he was like, "Come on, man, come on, man, we gotta go see Avengers stat before these spoilers start happening. If we go at eleven, we can bring Leck in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, nice. And was it awesome? It was great. Are you a Game of Thrones fan? Yeah, I mean What'd we won't say that? anything, but it was epic. The like the so far like everything has been what I've wanted it to be this season. Well, the first one, the first one, I was just like, all right, okay. So we found out. I know, you know there's a lot of build bit. up. Yeah, yeah, but 
man, number three of the Ooh. finals was just fire non-stop dude it was stressful for me watching it because so much was going on i was like <laughs> yeah there were times like no nah, don't kill him don't and then you'd have to let, you know yep. like again we won't spoil and it'll it cut away at other stuff but um yeah i had a uh, i had a um i grew up in a very suburban whoa whoa, kind of... whoa i'll control the interview whoa. jeremiah <laughs> so like we were saying earlier what about your backyard <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be a, uh, a cognizant uh, fellow ah, podcaster. I get it. You also have what a podcast. It's called Jeremiah Wonders. Check yeah. it out. It's a lot of fun. Dude, you've been on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You killed it on there. That was fun. It's fun. You know, you're fun. That's the thing about Jeremiah. We'll get into it. But so tell me about your where you grew up. That- yeah. Uh, very suburban. Uh, it's in Kansas City. So not like farm kind of Kansas. It's yeah. very like is the city. So I grew up with... Uh, you know, near our uh, metropolis area and that kind of stuff. So but no backyard. I did have a I did have a backyard though. Um, I was like probably twenty minutes from like downtown Kansas yeah. City, and that's what I love about smaller cities though, because n- not that it's not a big city. I mean, I'm I mean, talking, it's smaller in comparison. Yeah, yeah for you sure. have neighbor. I mean, well, look at us. We're in L.A. And I mean, like, but yeah, you know, we have a backyard right here. But I, L.A. just seems like a different kind of city. I the the home that I grew up in had uh, a decent sized backyard and. And there was a creek right behind it. It oh was incredible. God. So, like, every once in a while, my mom would let me and some friends go down to the creek. Yeah. Like, and that was the biggest, oh, the coolest days. Catch lizards where they're like beaver There's like dams? turtles and stuff like that. Dude. Yeah. yeah. That was in your yard? In the, it was behind our fence, basically. Oh, so, yeah. we could, if we, if we stood up as little kids, like, you know, on those little rungs of yeah. the fence, you could look over and see the creek. And it was like, that was like... I was like, wow. And was there like a wild back there? Yeah, dude. There was a creek by my Nana's house. You would have to like leave her street, cross one street, cross another one, and then get over by the golf course. And then like you could go down and there was a creek in there. And there was like a little beaver dam, like a little like where animals would build. And I'm like, whenever we go to my Nana's, which was all the time, we would go over there with this kid who lived behind her. And I'd be like, oh, it's the greatest, dude. When you're a kid, I mean, you get to just explore. Yeah. It's so much fun. Like any like kind of wooded areas or anything is just so eye opening as a kid. You're like, this is incredible. Especially when there's a creek, it's like a whole added dimension. There's even if you have a tiny pu- with well, tiny puddles. I go for a walk with my kids, and they could stand at a puddle for an hour. Yeah, they're thrilled. You throw a rock, you jump in it, you you know. Yeah. Splash your sister. It's all great. That's yeah. it, dude. Fucking it. What else would you do? Yeah. Um, I had an eagle's nest. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did, man. At one point, I did. What do you mean? There was an actual eagle? No, no. Uh, <laughs> so, an eagle's nest is when uh, there's basically a slide that's connected to a swing set. Is That's what they call slide. an eagle's nest. You mean like that one right there? That's a dope slide. Slide connected so to a swing set. So, it's a slide... Uh, connected to uh, kind of like it's a, it's what this treehouse is kind of with uh, a swing set attached to it. That's what they call an eagle's nest, I believe. Huh. So we had one of those. So Hi, baby. It was pretty dope. Your dad built that? Uh, was he handy? Your dad handy? My dad was great with cars. Yeah, I mean, he's still great with cars yeah. and stuff. And I, I wish I would have paid attention to the stuff he tried to teach me God. because it would have been so helpful. Like, the amount of times I held a light for him and then I was just an ADD kid that was just like, la, 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 la. Oh like, God. not paying you, attention at all. Like while he's like saxophone riffs going through your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Damn, I, kn- I, don't, I don't know anything about cars. Yeah, I really Nothing. wish I did. Yeah. I know. And, like, there was no one around. Like, no one knew anything about cars in my family. Mr. Murphy across the street, he knew stuff about cars but i still call my dad if i'm like hey I, something's going on and he's like what kind of sound is it making you know what i mean like he like he's like that he's like that it's like a clunk dad god damn it jeremiah do you know anything about cars you should have changed the timing belt months ago does he get angry is he like no. a heated dude uh no he's like he's one of those guys who especially like uh he's always been like uh, like a funny, like corny kind of guy. Yeah, you know, like like he'll kind of like laugh at his bad own bad dad <laughs> jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like super sarcastic, and I call him out all the time because he's I call him like he's like the most like politician like kind of person. Like he can meet anybody and be friends with them in like two seconds. Two seconds. Yeah. 
but also like while he's talking to them he'll be like like i have to ask him all the time like i'm like uh oh what'd you think of this movie and then he'll try to quickly get me to tell him what i thought of the movie so he can agree with me <laughs> does that make sense what like That's like some jedi shit. dude yeah 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 so it's like like uh let's say he didn't like the newest episode of game of thrones yeah uh and then but but i loved it and, and he he'd be like so uh what did you think of uh, that uh, Game of, Game of Thrones episode? I'm like, oh, I lo- actually. What did you think about it? He's like, oh no, I uh, I kind of want to hear what you, you think oh, about it. So but, he's always, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's always like wanting to like keep it positive, like no matter what. Oh, that's the conversation See, is. I have a buddy who's similar in in as much as like I'll call him. Do you have any friends like this? You call him, and as soon as he picks up, he's like, "What's up, dude?" And you're like, "What's up, man? How are you?" He's like, "Let me tell you." And then he goes on, and then you're talking for like 20 minutes. He's like, all right, man, I get going. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. can I talk about? Yeah. Any yeah. of the things that I called you, I didn't, you didn't call me. Yeah. You go, oh, yeah, well, what's up? What's up? I'm like, God, you know what? Now nothing. Now I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> I definitely have friends like that. And you're like, dude, how about you just give it a break? <laughs> or like my mom, you know what my mom will do? She'll do this. She'll be like, all right, Ma, I got to get running. She'll like, and then she'll just drag it on for a second. And like, all right, Mom, I got to go. And then she'll drag it on. And then she'll go, all right, well, I'm going to let you go. And you're like, no, no, no. I <laughs> wait, tried wait, twice to let you go. <laughs> yeah. Tell now you're going to gently cradle me out of this conversation? <laughs> yeah, she always wants to gently cradle. Right? Uh, so who was playing music then growing up? Because that's like a huge part of your life, no? Yeah, you know what's funny? is It's it's kind of surprising to me how much really music has become part of my life. Like I grew up with it. Yeah. And it was one of those things where my mom told me when I was moving out to L.A., she's like, bring your sex with you you're gonna use it i'm like and then she died no (laughs) (laughs) no she uh she she kept telling me and i was kind of like yeah sure mom well when was the last time you had played well i I kept playing through high school and college like i I wouldn't play like a just in my basement and stuff like I, i would just keep practicing a little bit here and there just to keep my chops up uh-huh. and i used to take lessons like you know back in grade school and stuff like that sure. but i played through grade school and high school and and college just a little bit like more just upkeep in high school and, and college just to make sure i didn't lose mm-hmm. uh you know the work that i put in yeah but why i mean most people then you must have known too that it was something important and she must have seen that you know because i mean i don't know i don't have teenagers yet but like yeah you start seeing like you always are like keeping an eye on like what your kids are interested in and if you were like still practicing that that says something because i played drums and as soon as that last day of school that i ever had to play drums that was the <laughs> last time later. i was like i'm done yeah but that was just because you know either one i didn't have a love for it or two i just didn't see where it would f- factor into my life you yeah. know yeah I think all I think it has a lot to do with certain things that your parents instill in you what they they teach you like my mom and dad always made it like super clear like you have to finish something that you start like mm-hmm. that was extremely important like if we were having a bad season or whatever playing sports like whether it's like you know me my sister or my brother they're like, I don't want to play anymore. And they're like, no, you're you're finishing out the season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Like, so th- it was like that. With Hold everything. on a second. Any parent out there who's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You guys are terrible. Take the season off. You suck. You yeah. can't just quit in the middle of a season in anything. But what is it? You know, I understand that with sports, but how does Whether, that translate she, to sex? She would. Well, she would. That would be for anything that we would do. Whether yeah. it even be a class or whether it be. Uh, like a school play that we anything that we like like we're dabbling in or whatever it's like okay well you have to at least see it through till the end of i don't know yeah it's just one of those things where if you that commit was, you're commit yeah yeah so which you know if you have seen my act or anything that i do i commit a thousand percent oh my god you you are <laughs> the most committed like once i'm in it like people ask me all the time like about like the characters and stuff I do they're like how do you, how do you where I'm like I go somewhere else I'm like as soon as I'm locked in like I, I'm locked it's not a matter of like if I can step out of it so I, I I try to apply that to everything in my life like if I start something like I'm in it like I'm a thousand percent like immersing myself in it I know you have that 
25,000 piece puzzle at your house and I'm like Jeremiah just let it go and you're like <laughs> no, I can't hey. yeah, I can't I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna finish I'm this 2200 man. pieces in I got a ways to go <laughs> This week's episode is brought to you by StoryWorth. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts, questions you've never thought to ask. Okay, I love this idea. So basically, I'm going to break it down in layman's terms. StoryWorth, every week, they send a question via email to someone in your family. And they email back a story related to it. Questions that like you would never think about. And then at the end of the year, you'll get all of their stories in a beautiful hardcover bound book. It's a great way. I know in my family, I had so many old people in my family. My Aunt Rue, my Aunt Lil, my Aunt Gert, my Nana, my Uncle Ray. I wish we had their stories written down when they were able to tell them. You know, they're no longer with us, but this is such a great way to get them. And then you just have these books that you can get for your family. It's super easy to do. You purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to the email with their story. All the stories are private and only shared with family that you choose. After a year, their stories will be bound in a beautiful, kept book. I mean, it's a great way to keep in touch with your family, help bridge the gap between new people in your family, like young kids with their grandparents who they might not get a chance to know. You get to learn about your relatives. That's funny surprising sometimes moving you know especially when people email they're gonna say things differently than they would if they were talking in a room oh, 52 stories that's pretty awesome you get a hardcover printed book black and white interior color cover up to 480 pages long you can write stories and upload photos by email on the web or the app i mean it's just such a really cool idea and it's a great gift for mother's day um i'm gonna do it with my mom because i know that woman can talk um, and she can write as well. So I think it's going to be perfect for her where she can, you know, just let it all let it all out. And she, the thing is, too, I know my mom is going to look forward to getting this each week. It's going to give her a chance to, like, write something or share something. And I think it's different. You know, we're, we're going to ask the sto- questions we always ask of our loved ones. But, you know, going through StoryWorth, they're going to ask unique and different questions that we would never think of. So I think it's a really cool idea. And because you listen to my show for $20 off go to storyworth.com s-t-o-r-y-w-o-r-t-h.com backslash larson and you can get $20 off your first visit you can do it that easily that's all you really need to know go out there get it and it's a great way to preserve your history they've been written up in the new york times business insider you know all different things because it's unique it's different and it's a way to keep family together and i'm not trying to be corny but we need to do that more we forget to like uh remember all of our past and this is a great way to keep it in one place the character thing that is something that you do that kind of I don't know if I see anyone else doing what you're doing because if you guys don't know, first of all, you play, I don't want to say sidekick because I, but it is in Kill Tony, The Wave, and by doing, um, what's it called? The roadie for uh, comedy, comedy jam. jam, yeah, mosh pit. But mosh at the same pit. time, yeah. you don't. It's not like you're just like this castaway, especially like on Kill Tony, because you you shine, dude. You shine. I remember when I did it, I just kept. I'm like, Jesus, what am I doing? Jeremiah is killing. I can't. I, I, I just like. It was really hard for me to like find my footing in that environment. But, well, it's a uh, coming up in as a, a panel guest is. A little daunting sometimes because there's so many moving parts and also we've been doing it so long that we're moving way quicker than is normal like we have we know each other's sensibilities and stuff so we kind of are like it's like a basketball team where you're expecting the pass and stuff like that you're like without even looking you're just like sending took a couple off the chin i was like (laughs) i I didn't see it coming yeah so there's like yeah that's easy to get like i mean nick swartzen did it last night and he goes dude i just i kept just kind of found myself starting to keep watching the show and forgot i kept forgetting that i was on the panel i'm like oh i gotta i gotta chime in yeah and Gaffigan popped in? Oh, dude. What the hell was that? I, I guess he's friends with Nick, and Nick's like, come on by, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and how long did he sit in for? Dude, like an hour. Did he rip on anyone? 
Yeah, it was great. He swore. <laughs> it was amazing. That's sick. I he, saw that he, on Instagram, and he, I was like, "Oh man!" He came to the back and smoked weed with different comics afterwards. It was it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, since he's so like clean cut and everything on with his sets and TV and everything. Yeah, and everything, everything. I mean, everything. Yeah, and he's just so effortless in how funny was he hilarious it was great there was a dude with because you play so anyway like we're gonna keep getting off subject because jeremiah has a lot to offer in in a number of different capacities but like every time you do kill tony you do a character yeah and every time you do that character you almost like you're making jokes within that character yeah i do agree yeah i mean that's the that's the whole goal really which is insane dude I'm trying to go to his to Instagram. What's your Instagram? Jeremiah stand up. Yeah, because Jeremiah, you post videos from like. What's fun is I have there's a highlights section on Instagram, uh-huh. and I've got over forty different characters uh, from different shows that I, I have little highlights of. So it's me in different costumes and yeah. different voices and doing different characters. And the goal is if they're good characters that I'm getting across their point of view, and I'm making jokes. As they would of in their course, voice, but that's also like so. That's super hard, and you make it look effortless. Do you know how hard it is? People do those stand. There's like one stand-up show where it's like um, I think Jody Miller runs it, where you're like back in time, like she picks different dates. Oh, and you I've have to heard be a about comedians. this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I would have to work for like a week to prep to do that show. You know what I mean? And you every week you do a different character, and you fall into these into the characters telling jokes from their POV. That's just insane. I mean, it's it I mean it's refreshing as hell and f- super fun to watch. It's I mean we have a blast doing it. it's all it's all improvised so it's that it's really you know challenged me to become a stronger and better comedian because you know s- sometimes the characters are popular and they come back and they're recurring characters like on a sketch show like SNL or something and then yeah. sometimes we got some stinkers in there that never come back. <laughs> hey, 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 get out of here! Hey, hey, what are we doing, man? Come on. The milkman, though, he he'll, he he's gonna return. I, yeah. uh, I he pops up uh, occasionally. Yeah. What? So I mean, I now I just want to know about the milkman. So like, how do you craft jokes? Come first of all, anyone who doesn't know about improv, any comics or friends of mine that have like improv backgrounds, you guys have a different. I've done improv and I did Groundlings. I did Second City and I did well. I just, I just don't think I was like. Um, like, I got past the groundlings. I just decided the stand-up was going to be my thing. Yeah, for sure. And I can riff and stuff with people, but, like... For days, when huh? you For I love days, baby. Yeah, what's up, baby? What's up? But, you know, if impro- when you're a strong improviser, it's not so much of uh, how funny you are. It's, it's an ability to let go and trust that whatever is going to happen is going to happen and it's going to be good. Yeah. That's so fucking hard. Yeah. I, the the way I look at like the Comedy Jam and, and Kill Tony and The Wave, uh, they're all ensemble shows for me. Yeah. Some nights, you know, it's true I'm, I'm just like a sidekick kind of thing and then other nights like, you know, it, it's, you know, the game ball will go to different people who are on the show. Yeah. Like some nights, you know, Jamar is going to be the highlight of the wave. Sure. Some nights Willie is going to be. Yeah. Other nights I'm going to be the guy, or I'm helping set them up. You know. Yeah. And it's the same course. thing with Kill Tony. Red Band on sound effects. Tony like hosting the thing. Joel th- Jimenez on drums. Chris Dill on bass. Like it's a, the panel. So sometimes it's important to step back and let the guests shine. They're yeah. the guests on the show. Yeah. So you got to choose your moments. My favorites are when. I'm when you guys post highlights or clips from Kill Tony, and Tony is trying to chime in, but you keep zinging and it's crushing, and you can see him because Jeremiah. I mean, he loves you so much, but you could see him like, "What the fuck, Jer-? All right, Jeremiah," and then you just keep going, and it kills me because because you always you'll always cra- end up cracking up Hinchcliffe. You know what I mean? That's fun to watch from my from my angle i have people message me like all the time they're like that's one of my favorite parts of the show oh. it's like when you and tony butt heads because we're we're like brothers we've been friends for like almost 10 years and we've traveled the country and, and the world the world like yeah. yeah we just went to europe and yeah so we we know how to push each other's buttons and people like seeing that on the show sometimes yeah <laughs> fuck yeah man um all right so the, how do you pick a character like the milkman how does that even come up 
It's sometimes things that I genuinely just think would be fun or something that I want to do. Yeah. Uh, like I'll, I'll get like a text chain going with uh, Joel Jimenez and Chris Dillon. We'll bounce ideas off. And a lot of it has to do with making the characters different from the last week. And also what we're trying to do, like we have a list of these characters that we know work now. So we'll do, we'll slide those in, but we're also, also trying to create new ones all the time. So it's like this balance of, all right, we did, you know, two characters that we've already done two weeks in a row. We got to do a new one now. Or, like on the road, like we're trying to create. We're about to do thirty kill Tonys in the next two months for this summer tour. Damn, and it's pretty daunting for you know on the character side. I'm like, okay, that's a that's a lot of characters. That's a lot, yeah. And it's also, but at least it's different locations. So it's you different can... locations. So a lot of it, you know, it, it depends on location. It depends on how many suitcases uh, who, you can pack. How many? Su- for <laughs> sure, absolutely. Who the guests are, what kind of energy would we think would play well off of the sense of humor of uh of guests like and sometimes we we judge it wrong like uh we decided to do uh one of our worst characters where uh we got labeled wrong characters by tony early on and as you you know in improv if you're labeled something wrong and you don't justify right so you know what's funny or not funny but ironic for me anytime i remember when i like first started stand-up I used to, people would be like, oh, what can I say about you? I'm like, oh, you could just say from Boston, you know? And then I got past to the store and I was like, oh, could you say I'm a regular comedy store? And they're like, yeah. And then when I got a TV credit, I'm like, can you just say that? But anytime anyone would make something up for me as a credit, I got so pissed because I was like, that's not what they're going to see. I want, I always felt like, and this is a little different, but I'm trying to relate it to what you're going to yeah. say, is that I always wanted to just be. I felt like this, like, you know, because stand-up, comedy, uh, improv is all energy. You know what I mean? The yep. second, if they think you did The Tonight Show, they, I just didn't want a misrepresentation of myself. I always wanted my own thing. Anyway, if is that similar to what you, <laughs> I interrupted no, no. you for? No, that's, I, mean, I think it's exactly, we, we did uh, these characters that were mental patients mm-hmm. that, you know, if, if it's if it's if it's done properly, it's a playground that's completely oh, wide open. Of course, but because we weren't clear setting it up, Tony just labeled us as crazy, which is the worst thing that you can do in an improv scene. Say that person's crazy. Yeah. Oh, you're crazy because as soon as you say that somebody's crazy, you write off everything that they're going to say. Yeah, and point. also, we chose the wrong guest to do that for. It was Todd Glass was the guest that week, <laughs> and he's already eccentric and out there as oh, it is. Oh my gosh! So. I'm like determined to bring those characters back, the mental patients back, and do it properly because we bombed so hard that night. Why? What was it happening? It was so rough. Just the audience hated like w- the choices that I was making, and like yeah. you know, it just that just happens sometimes. I mean, was it that you all had the same? Uh, no, I think that it was just handicap? so. I think it, it, we were just so out there that it, was, it becomes unrelatable at some point. You know, yeah, you're just like, oh, this is so bizarre like i i can't yeah but how's a milkman relatable because there's something that we we all know what like inherently we all kind of know or what we think what a milkman would be like yeah and if you start painting the picture around it and filling in the gaps and and personalizing it then that's when people are like oh i know somebody like that and then that, that in my opinion that's what makes a good character is when Somebody sees something and they're like, I know a person like that or I've seen a person like that. Yeah. Then it becomes more like a three-dimensional thing. Yeah, for sure. You do The Wave. You do Kill Tony. You do The Comedy Jam. You do Regan and Watkins. And then you do stand-up, mm-hmm. right? And that was when... So when we did La Jolla together, yeah. we had a blast down there. And I think it was the first time I'd ever seen you do stand-up. Yeah. You know? And it's not like you're really watching stand up. It's like you're watching like not a almost a variety show. You do so much. You're very physical. You know what I mean? Do you what do you have like a love like or how do you stay sharp on the stand up side when you're like you're putting a lot of energy into characters and you know doing Reagan and Watkins? Yeah. Uh, well, what I tell people like when they ask like because um, a lot of times uh, this is I get this question a lot and it's who. Who asked you? Uh, it's 
listeners Geraldo? and people who Did see Geraldo me after different. <laughs> You got that Geraldo mustache right now, dog. You know I do, I son. I'm feeling I'm that vibe. I feel like it. we're in Capone's tomb, baby. Dude, it feels real nice out here. Uh, I stay sharp with stand-up. I tell people, because I get this question a lot, they, uh, and this is just one of those things that is always, it's not a frustration necessarily to me, but it's just people know me for different things, which is fine. Yeah. And I'll get a lot, oh, you do stand-up? And that's always like, oh, man. Like, that's kind of like, it's not a great feeling for me because God, I do stand up. They don't know how bad that hurts. That hurts. Oh, yeah, I do stand up. Yeah. Um, oh, you didn't have a dad? Oh. Um, oh, God. Oh, damn. man. Oh, this is really pushing my buttons right now. Okay. You don't have cancer? No. Oh, man. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, I can see where that would like sting a little because I mean, is that what? But you started improv first, right? Yeah, but I do stand up six or seven nights out of a week. Yeah, so that that's what's hard. Um, it, but I don't push my stand up. I don't think quite as much as the other stuff because you can't churn out clips and different things like what I'm doing with Kill Tony and these other improvised no. and music sets and like all that stuff like can be released and it's not going on necessarily a, a special yeah like the stand-up i've been honing and i've been waiting and i've been very very selective on the clips i really don't even have that many clips out i, I i'm trying to get a little bit better about posting more clips even if it's crowd work or whatever just so people that's see why, that you yeah. know what i mean that's why i well one i love crowd work but one of the reasons i started to do more of it i was like man i want to put more stuff out there but like i mean well that how, tour you did was a great idea that's oh, so cool it was super fun and i wish that you know i wish i had had a budget where i could have like recorded more of, of course you know, the sets because yeah. there was so much crazy stuff that happened or go- just good stuff that happened but like how long you been doing stand-up i've been doing stand-up over nine years now yeah nine yeah. years and i started improv back in like high school and college just like taking classes and stuff like that so like 12 13 years what do you got jim nah, i got fucking improv we're doing props today man we're doing magical <laughs> imaginary props I it's like, wish it's it like my, my comedy workout routine today's uh prop day tomorrow is stand up and then uh wednesday uh we got hair and wigs hey jeremiah i want that wig fully fluffed don't be hey don't, don't make sure that hair's not flat all right what are you doing with that you know aaron cater right you know aaron uh-huh you know, so he was in like Sunday Company at Groundlings, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like, and then he, you know, he doesn't do improv anymore. But like, I, I remember asking him one time, like, "Why'd you stop, dude?" And he's like, "I'll tell you, I was like running late somewhere. My life was like, you know, you put a lot of work into being Sunday Company, is what I've heard. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and he's like, and I was running late somewhere, and I popped the trunk of my car, and like, just all these wigs fell out on the ground, and I was like." can't do this anymore (laughs) it was just it was like all these different personalities just fell out of the back of his trunk that's you know and he was just like i gotta i gotta put this to rest i mean my costume section at my place is ridiculous i mean you gotta have like bins yeah ridiculous but i have it organized pretty well where it's like a printed out like taped uh thing to it where i can it's like a a quick guide to see yeah what i have but it's i have to reorganize it because i've added so much stuff this last year to it that it's a mess again so i have to that's part of my spring cleaning i need to do how many do you think you have how many wigs well like characters are hiding in boxes oh, in your house dude. You psycho. there's i mean i don't want to over guess yes. but I, I there's at least 60 or 70 yeah there's at least that many because there's at least i have at least probably 40 wigs at least that many. That's insane, man. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Just to think of like anyone out there, just think about like any jokes that you do with your friends constantly. Like, oh, Jay's doing his weird guy from Pakistan. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're doing seven, 60 of them and then let alone the ones that failed. What's the biggest fail outside of the mental patients? Uh, one of them uh, was... Uh, uh, and we another thing that goes back to us being labeled wrong we were embodying drugs okay so i came out as cocaine got it uh, i think joel jimenez was like 
Molly or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chroma Chris was like weed, something like that. And Tony labeled us drug addicts. And dude, we I was cocaine, so I was of course the whole episode at uh, like fifteen. And how long is this? Hour and a half? Yeah. And Jeez. we're just bombing for like <laughs> an hour and a half. Uh that was a bad one. And then we were these old people where I had a motorized uh, uh, Rascal scooter and I ran it into the desk and uh, drinks went all over Red Band's iPad and stuff. <sighs> and I broke his computer that night on accident. Was I, he cool with it though? He was nice about it. I've he was, never he, seen Red Band. He like- was so cool about it. And, yeah. I, and he really did not have to be because I messed up like a very expensive computer that yeah. I was just being an idiot and not being cognizant of where I was going. Yeah. Because Red Band, I've never seen like get over a two. Yeah. You know, no, he's so nice. He's so chill and so yeah. nice. Yeah. That's uh... a... <laughs> Do you have the Rascal? Do you rent it? Oh, I rented it. They're expensive. I, bet, I rented dude. it during that, that weight gain challenge that I did with, oh, with Tony. Okay. So I, I would try to not... so try to not burn as many calories as possible you know yeah so i just stayed sedentary all day um well one of the things that you know jeremiah was like listen i got my new album out everybody wants to go out and promote their album of course because you want people to hear it so before we discuss it uh, let's i want to play a quick song from the album so let's um I mean, you sent me the three. Which one? Which one do you like the most? Because I liked all three of them. Yeah. I mean, well, let's start off with the one that we uh, discussed before the podcast. This is "Big Side of Average" by Reagan and Watkins. Hey, ladies. I know you think that one of the qualities you want in a man is a massive dick, but what you really want is an average dick. That's what we got. Not too big, not too small, just right. You look so beautiful with the sunlight on your face. All I can think about is our last embrace. Last night, you moved me to tears with your incredible smile. I haven't felt this way in a very, very, very long while. You make my dick so big. By big, I really mean average. You make my dick so big, and by big, I really mean average. But on the big side of average, big side of average, big side of average, big side of average, huge side of average. How big? Really big? How big? Kind of big? How big? Not so big? How big? Super average. Oh shit. What do you say? It's just you, me, and the deep blue sea. I have a timeshare. It's only a 72-hour drive. Maybe you and I could go up there sometime. Roll around in the mud. I'm talking about having sex with you. Don't you realize what you do to me? You make my dick so big. You make my dick so big. I feel the mean average. You make my dick so big. You make my dick so big. I really mean average. But on the big side of average. Big side of average. Big side of average. Break it down. Stomp, clap, stomp, stomp, clap. Stomp, stomp, clap. Stomp, stomp, clap, 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 clap. Stomp, 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 clap, clap, stomp, stomp, clap, clap, stomp, stomp, clap, clap, stomp, stomp, clap, clap, stop. You make my dick so big, and I'm big, I really mean average. You make my dick so big, and I'm big, I really mean average. You make my dick so big, and I'm big, I really mean average. You make my dick so big. So, if you bought my special, Me Being Me, you know that I have a bit on there about having an average size penis, and women will talk about, you know, it not mattering, and clearly, you know, <laughs> it's something that we think about as, as sure. fellas. I mean, dude, 
the idea of mixing comedy and music is like um, if you don't do music, y- 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 there's no way you could even tackle it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like I couldn't tackle it like i think of funny things like when i joke around with friends but putting it down and like making a goddamn album well that and how many tracks are on this album there's 23 tracks 23 tracks there's audio dude. sketches it's like a throwback album like a uh, sandler, sandler tenacious yeah. d where there's sketches in between the songs and yeah, yeah. i love that yeah great. uh and on big side of average that's a full band that's that's a full band that's myself pat reagan that's uh, Chris Dillon on bass, uh, Joel Rakowski on lead guitar from the Comedy Jam, and Nick Liberatore on drums from the Comedy Jam. So that's, you know, that's a yeah. five-piece. And then me playing sax, and Pat like uh, is playing harmonica on it and when guitar. You, when you sent it and the sax came on, I was just like, this kid, man, who is playing sax, dude? It's hilarious. When you put in those Instagram clips of you playing what song is that like the heat of the night or oh Seeger? is that bob uh, Seeger? baker street is probably one of them that i play yeah like lot. in the middle of airports and people like oh yeah 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 clap and shit um <laughs> so take me i mean this is the first album you guys ever put out this is the first album and also what's cool for your listeners jay uh that this song is not even released yet uh this is the first time it's oh, being heard so hey this is so. This is an exclusive. <laughs> so yeah, this is the first time that, that that song's being released out into the public. So there you go, buddy. Dude, I love it. Yeah, and it's it's pre-order right now. When's um, it available officially? It's available officially on June seventh. June seventh. Yeah. So right now. All right. So that's gonna that's five days away from this drop. Oh, perfect. So set just set your a little reminder in your phone right now and pick up the album because you guys worked your I mean how many years you guys together before you did this and how did you even know like how did two guys be like hey man you want to make a musical comedy together like how big a dorks do you have to be dude pretty huge (laughs) (laughs) and you have to be very confident in yourself (laughs) totally be like I guess this will work Uh, should we try this well yeah this dude this is my debut comedy album and it's one of those things where a lot of people are wondering why I didn't put out stand-up first. Yeah. And I think that for the way music comedy works for me is I think that this was ready before I wanted to put out a one-hour special or, like, an hour of stand-up comedy. Yeah. I'm still... Like, stand-up can keep evolving, and you can keep tweaking it with tags all the time. All the time. And you can keep tinkering with it. When we sit and write and record a song it's done like and we feel good about it like we'll hone it a little bit at open mics or different shows around town but once it's locked in we're like this is it like this is ready to be put out there and i think that's the main difference between record like working on stand-up or working on an album but we've been together uh, as a group like over four years now and i've known pat for a long time we we met through the open mic scene and uh this album has been about two and a half three years in the making because we had to start over from scratch how could it be uh, three years around. in the making you've been together for four yeah yo man you want to play some songs together like how about this how, how about, about this we do an album in one year from now <laughs> in four years <laughs> yeah i mean well yeah it's also like you got a it's not like it's uh, when you record a comedy you could anyone could record a, a comedy as long as you have it you just do a show and you record it. Right. When you do a musical album, you got to get a studio. Yeah. And you got to record in 23 tracks, dude. I yeah. mean, good lord. Yeah, well, daunting. so 2 years into our act, we're like, we think we're ready to record this album, right? Yeah. So we laid down 11, 12 tracks at this one studio. And your mother was like, I knew it! I said to bring the sax and he's making an album. I mean, she's been thrilled how much I've been using my sax oh, yeah. within my college. She's like, I told you. <laughs> yeah. Sax paid for itself. Yeah, I'm just I'm just telling you, just bring your musical talents into your comedy. Hilarious. But, uh... We we did the out al- we recorded the album and um, like the first twelve tracks and we we listened back and we looked at each other and we're like this isn't good enough these sound like demos and we started over and we literally kept rehearsing but what was it what was it about the twelve what tracks? sounded like demos you like can, was it like you didn't have like the best equipment where the songs not up to snuff did you need more instruments I think that we needed. Uh, more rehearsal time i think we needed more instruments to fill it out on the full band songs and Mm -hmm. 
just literally chemistry and everything. I think that we were going a little bit too early, and the recording quality at that studio, the first one that we did, was just not up to par. Yeah. And we're like, these songs are too good. And at, and, then, and over the next couple of years of recording and stuff, we added multiple songs that we hadn't even written yet that that are some of my favorite songs on the album now. Yeah, that's tight. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you people don't realize, like, you know, Doing a song at a mic in front of an audience is going to sound completely different than when you get in a studio and you like that. You're like you're putting this out forever, not just that one time you're in the room. Yeah, well, we had a couple of producer buddies who helped us, uh, Chris J and Aaron Goldberg, up in the studio in Ventura, who were really just kind of monitoring quality the whole time. Yeah, and they were like, "Yo, you guys sound kind of pitchy on that one. We need to do another take." And like like you said, like with a live taping for something you get one maybe two chances yeah. and then it's done and then you you have the peace of mind like i did it but with this you have to listen to it over and over and over again and then we we had to re-record things so many times because we're perfectionists but it's to a point now where we're really happy with it and really proud to put well, it out i mean we'll see we'll you see, we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> dude yeah that's badass man that's got to feel good i mean there's something like rom- so romantic about being in a studio and doing a fucking album it's i mean it's a good feeling uh especially when like the different steps of the process where we finished the different versions of the mixes and because we we drove back and forth to ventura yeah. so many times dude to, yeah. to make this happen because we, uh, our buddy helped us on studio space, uh, like on studio time. So we're like, well, let's, it's, you know, let's go up there. Let's yeah, make another no trip. Kid. Yeah, man. How does that even, so were you doing sacks at open mics? Like with, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When but we were running before the you guys got together. No, that that's what was kind of weird about the whole thing. Was he doing guitar? He was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing guitar and I use sax for, uh, a bit like at the store or somewhere around town. I just picture him like at the bar and all of a sudden hearing the sax and be like, that's the sound. It's kind of what it was like. He, he <laughs> like, cause we wrote, uh, I wrote a sketch, uh, for him and I to perform with guitars called guitar psychiatrist years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we shot it and he was really impressed with me that, I had everything written out, like the lyrics and the chords and everything. He goes, dude, I've done a lot of these where I show up and people are like, you know, just put something together for me real quick. And yeah. he goes, you had the music and lyrics written out. And uh, he found out that I played sax and he goes, why don't we why don't we write a song together? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. And we wrote it and it got a really good response. And we started doing it, some open mics around town. And then we're just like, we this is like getting too good of a response to just this be a one-off we should like do something with this and it slowly evolved into an act and pat is the reason why i got involved uh as the band on kill tony he brought me in so that was not even in the band i know he used to he used to be what for years (laughs) did he get kicked out no he got burnt out oh he really i mean this how many years did he do kill tony before you got in there uh he did the show probably a year year and a half before i was involved yeah, and that yeah. does that does wear you out. Yeah, and now I've been doing the show like over three years, almost four years of Kill Tony. Yeah, and yeah, it's it, it's a lot, but yeah, he he's just been working on other projects, writing, and he records a lot of uh, his own like solo act and stuff like that. Yeah, and does he does he do any serious music act or is it all comedy? Uh, no, he he records some serious music too. Yeah, oh, he's tight. he's like a he's just a talented musician. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. comedian. So yeah. That's amazing, man. When do you think, like, uh, have you guys ever toured? We have started to headline occasionally, like, just doing gigs, like, in Arizona. Didn't you like, do a NACA together? Dude, we had, uh, that was a, a pretty big letdown, that NACA experience. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, I'm totally down. Because because it's, we all, especially with social media nowadays, all we ever do is showcase what we do to sh- tell everybody how great we are, but nobody knows ultimately how many colossal fails we have in order to build us up to get the the, the great moments. Which you know? I actually I try to make a point 
of posting some of the failures you do. along the That's way. That's right. Because you I, did. I posted about NACA That's specifically. That's right. Okay, I remember Because that it was such a huge blow to not just ego, but just to we lost money. Yeah. Like By the um, way, NACA is the showcase where you go perform for college kids to get booked at colleges mm. that I've never been invited to do. If you've seen, they actually depicted it fairly well in, in Crashing. crashing. Yeah. Like if you watch that show. Like Pete did a pretty good job of... Um, Except ours was even way cringier than anything that was shown yeah. on there. Uh, basically, what happened is we went there. We had a good set. Uh, we had a ton of colleges and different kids come out to us afterwards. They were like, we're going to book you. That was great. That was hilarious. And we we literally blew up trash bags full of inflatable saxophones that said uh, like Reagan Watkins on them and stuff. We're giving them away. I'm playing sax as people are walking by our booth and stuff to 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 you know try to hook them in to, yeah. to book us and stuff. You're selling your soul basically. Big time. Just, you're you're you feel like you're selling out entirely because you're like yeah look. and they're younger than you. They're, they're younger. Yeah. They're making the decisions. It's this yeah. this the the power balance is completely off. So. Basically, we feel good at the end of the day. Our agent who we're there with is pumped. He's like, I got at least 30, 40 names of people who want to book you guys. Uh, we'll see how it breaks down tomorrow, but I'm really excited. First day. You guys are like, fucking oh, lobster. Yeah, we're, we're pumped. We got to eat. We're, we're, we're pumped and everything. And the next day, he sends us a text. He goes, I got some pretty bad news. Uh, you guys did not book one school. And I called him. I was like, "Yo, um, isn't this isn't the first day like the biggest booking day?" And he goes, "Yeah, well, we got we have two other days, so I'll stick it out and see if we can get any more." But you don't perform those other two days. We don't perform. You only get that one six minute showcase. Yeah. And second day goes by, I get another text: zero bookings. Third day goes by, we didn't get any. Really sorry. So we. Got zero bookings out of everything. I don't know what happened, but There's, out of all those colleges that said that they were going to book us, nobody booked us. And do you guys have no no idea why? Nothing? I mean, we have some ideas. Uh, there was one other guitar act in our showcase that was a solo act. Mm -hmm. They have to pay for two people, like Pat and I, when we're going out there. And so we're a little bit more expensive. And I think that's what it came down to. Is like he, was, he, he did a great job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think... On the board side, the college board side, they're like, why would we hire these two when we can get this guy for a little bit cheaper? And he was just as funny in, in my eyes or whatever. Yeah, which is crazy because what people, you know, like when you're a writing duo, you know, if like you're a writing duo and you get staffed on TV show, you get, they get two writers for the price of one. Yep. Yep. Which is insane. Yeah, it And sucks. then you see them like, you know, I know, I have friends that are writing duos, they get work. Like, I'm not saying they're not funny. They're super funny, but they get work, you know? It's crazy that that came back. That could 100% be it because I've done, you know, not a ton of college gigs, but I've done my sh fair share. And like, they'll come with an offer and I'll go, hey, do you think you can get them up a little bit? And they'll be like, yeah, no, they're not coming up. This is what they have. Because when you go into those knackers too, you have to go in before you perform with your price range. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't like afterwards negotiate. You can't bargain, they, yeah. No. So you have to like hedge your bets and be like, do we stay in the low end, the high? It's crazy. It's a that sucks. Yeah, so I I posted about it cuz I was like, "Hey, this is like a you know, we spent thousands of dollars like on flights and and yeah you, you gotta know, get yourself there you gotta get our, our ourselves there and then also like the merch aspect that we're just giving away hoping to hook people and stuff like that yeah. and just like tons of work like running that those uh those songs. songs around town and everything yeah but it was it made us stronger and that's what pushed us to start recording the album like re-record the album like properly after that failure so yeah. it all works out in the long run the great things about failure my buddy said to me today he said you know when you're like going through a change or you're going through a tough time you're consumed by it because it's surrounding you but if you were able to step back and look at your life like from beginning to end that moment is going to be a a tick on a measuring tape you know what i mean absolutely and uh so to be able to like step us step outside of that moment and just be like well let's you know we know and that's like what being an artist is you got to like believe no matter what happens that you're still good enough 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. God, man, it's the worst. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, you can easily, you know, shut down and and throw yourself a pity party and be like, oh man, I wish that would have worked out, and I guess maybe we aren't good enough or whatever. Or you can use it as fuel to ignite the flame and and say, let's freaking go, dude. Let's yeah. let's rock this. Yeah, like so they, you- like it doesn't matter their opinion, like. We yeah. know what's up. Yeah, I mean, you know, same thing happened to me. I spent all that money to shoot my special. A lot of people out there bought it, and I appreciate all of you. You can go to jlarsoncomedy.com and buy it. I was but, there at the taping. Yeah. It's a phenomenal special. Thanks, man. And I couldn't sell it. You know, like, I, I, we tried, or, like, I maybe had the wrong people selling. Whatever happened, happened. But, like, uh, God, it's, like... It, it hurts. It's you know, it kick, hurts. It's a yeah. kick to the, the the nuts and the stomach, the ego, all of it. To my medium sized dick. Man. Yeah, dog. It was like, uh, <laughs> like, oh man, what you doing? You know. Um, so this is like when it comes to like musical comedy. Where was I recently? And like we got there, and it was like there was a musical comic, and we were all figuring out the lineup. It was like a not a corporate gig, but it was like a bigger gig, and we were like, "Well, you're going last because following music is tough." Oh yeah, it, it is. And speaking. You know, as a stand-up and somebody who, you know, does musical comedy, like, it's a completely different energy. It is, man, because, like, the music gets people involved. It'll start cl- You get an applause after every song, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, no-brainer. Yeah. And, like, as a stand-up, you're sitting there like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, yeah. But you're like... If you get an applause break as a stand-up, you are killing Killing, it. dude. It's yeah. Ha- that's hard. Yeah. It's super hard. And when you get it, I, I've like worked hard and like had sets where I'm crushing, 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 and then get like where that applause break would fall in and you get like six people applaud or 16 in a number. And then I, I always go, thank you guys for the applause. Like, oh, the rest of you are like, nope, not good enough. Dude, I've battled that for years with act outs and stuff, like all my physical stuff. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I'm just going, I'm going, giving it all. And then, yeah, man. <laughs> You either get it or you're just like, okay, on to the next thing. Perfect. You know what's funny is sometimes I look back at sets and I'll see myself, like I'll watch them and I'm like, oh man, that got such a bigger laugh and it's because I did an act out. Like I just put more into it. You find that? Yeah. I never noticed that till recently and I was like, oh man, I guess... Am I just good at physical stuff, or do people like the physical? What what draws people in? I don't know. Maybe it's just a different level that they can see it. They don't have to hear it almost, you know? I think it's just working. It's just working on another thing. Like, if you if you tell a funny joke where you're just standing there, that's a – you're going to – you're only getting laughs really off of maybe the cadence and maybe the, the actual joke. But yeah. if you're painting a picture visually as well, that's such a bonus yeah. that I feel. That's why I, I have always been drawn to comedians who are super physical. Yeah. You know, you, you, I mean, everyone tells you this. Jim Carrey is like – you he's, have – He's my guy. Oh, my God. You have so much of him like living in, in you. And then you watch a guy like Nate Bargatze. You're like, dude, have you ever acted out anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you entertain your daughter? He's so funny. It's it's yeah, like hilarious. it's so many different styles. Yeah, like, I know. Horrible golfer, but he is a hilarious. Oh yeah, no, take that, Bargatze. Oh, take Come that on. shit. Um, so the album is coming out on June seventh. June seventh, and it's going to be available where? On all platforms, and we're going to do a limited uh, vinyl run and a limited CD run. If you're into that, so nice. Yeah, I yeah. think tons of people are. Yeah, I, I really do. Like I have like done albums from my second and cds from my first and like i'll still like when i go on the road i'm like ah just bring them and people like they wanna they like having something physical i think the i mean we all did download everything but to have something physical is nice you can always see you can go back to it yeah you can display it as art in your place if you want put it on your wall hello who designed the cover uh, my buddy Kai Aarons, who's a great artist who does uh, artwork for a lot of bands, he uh, I don't like him. did the uh, the graphics. And then my buddy Lucas Hurl, who shot our music video SBD, he uh, took that photo of us uh, for our, our oh, cover tight, art. Yeah, tight. Well, man, this was fun, buddy, and congrats. Thanks, dude. And everybody go out there and get... What's the name of it? Have we even said the name? It's Reagan and Watkins. Reagan and Watkins. It's a self-titled debut, debut album, son. <laughs> You're the man, buddy. Love you, dude. I hope you guys love that as much as I did. Jeremiah is just an awesome, awesome dude. Uh, make sure you go pick up his album, uh, Reagan and Watkins, and make sure to uh, 
enjoy everything that he's doing out there. I'm going to play one more track for you. This one is called 21st Century Girlfriend. Uh, Give it a listen, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. love songs, Pat. Tell me about it. The way they used to write songs about women was so beautiful. I don't know if I could write a love song about women now. Like, what would a love song about the 21st century girl even sound like? She's got duck lips and cell phones for hands. She's a 21st century girl and I'm her man. She loves selfies and Instagram. She never listens to her grandpa talk about Vietnam. She likes my music. Oh, she does. I like her butt. I like her butt. I film her twerking videos and she gives me a cut. I said I love you. I said I love she you. Said, yeah, me too. And I said, wow, that's the kind of girl I want to woo. A girl that drinks Starbucks like every day. Gets a tall soy sugar-free hazelnut latte. I hit him with some sacks now. Man, Jeremiah, I feel like we were a little hard on the girls. We were a little hard on the girls. What about 21st century guys? He can't change attire. He Googled it. His greatest fear in a relationship is to commit. He's afraid of spiders. He thinks he's smart. He drives a Prius that's slower than the shopping cart. But it's electric, so he feels good. He's not gonna hold a door for you, that's understood. He's got a man bun. He's got a man bun. And skinny jeans. And skinny jeans. He looks so stupid, you think he's dressed up for Halloween. I hit him with the chorus, 21st century boys and girls, 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 we're gonna be the end of the world, 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 we